0: Welcome to the Enter Player 2 podcast. I'm Nicole McFall, and I'm joined by Player 2, Carl Murray. We discuss anything and everything about the world of games. Our show features deep dive discussions, where we answer the questions that have all been on our minds, as well as that, we're going to go head-to-head in the Game of the Week showdown.
1: Today we are going to talk about the PS5. Is this console the future of gaming? The event that players have been talking about all over the world. With over 7 million people watching the stream live around the globe, Sony broadcasts an hour of upcoming games that concluded with the showcase reveal of the PS5. We are dedicating today's episode to the PS5. If Xbox or Nintendo do something similar in the future, we will also feature an episode on their upcoming releases. So let's break it down how this episode is going to go. We're going to give our predictions beforehand, what we expected... We are then going to go through some interesting game reveals and talk a bit about the games. And then at the end, we are going to give our top five games that we are looking forward to and talk about the actual PS5 console. So Nicole, what were your predictions for this stream?
0: My predictions were God of War 2, Horizon Zero Dawn 2, Resident Evil and Hitman, because you know I love a good Assassin game.
1: It looks like we had a few of the same predictions on each other's list. I went for Spider-Man 2, Horizon Zero Dawn 2, A New Crash Bandicoot and God of War 2. So a lot of twos there.
0: (laughs) You didn't get your bandicoot, you're disappointed?
1: A wee bit you'd expect with the PS4 remaster of the games that they could come out with a new IP, but I suppose it's early days yet, so we could see something in the future. Since we have covered our initial predictions, we are going to get into the main breakdown of the broadcast. this opened up with the rockstar logo and i thought we were getting a brand new gta but unfortunately this is just a remaster grand theft auto 5 for the playstation 5 will feature a range of technical improvements visual upgrades and performance enhancements to take full advantage of the console's powerful new hardware making the game more beautiful and more responsive than ever plus there will be more stuff for gta online The PS5 will feature additional GTA Online content exclusive to the latest generation hardware, plus a new standalone version of GTA Online will be available for free exclusively for PS5 players for the first three months. So is GTA 5 becoming the new Skyrim, Nicole?
0: Can I just say that as soon as GTA 5 came up on that broadcast, you got so excited and you were saying, I've been waiting for this for ages. From my understanding, not being a massive GTA 5 player, I think that sort of loyalty in fans is quite evident by your reaction. Like, how were you feeling whenever that came up on the screen?
1: I was excited because I thought, right, it's a brand new console. It's a brand new generation. They're going to release GTA 6 and this is the best way to do it. And then what do we get? We get GTA 5 for the PS5. So just to give you a bit of context, GTA 5 has been around since the PS3. And the reason that I was so disappointed is because people are excited for Grand Theft Auto 6.
0: But you were excited. It was a mixed feeling.
1: Yeah, it it was mixed because I'm like, okay, um, they're bringing it to the PS5. So looking back at it, it's going to be brand new graphics, but it looked like there could be possibly DLC in there, which has been rumored for years. So if this is the way they're going to bring it into the story, then I'm excited to see how that happens.
0: In terms of what you just said there, like you said that you were excited for a GTA 6 release. You got teased by it. Do you think that this is the kind of the nudge, the sort of segue into a different sort of storyline? Or do you think it's going to continue the way it's going at the moment? Because I know that the online community is getting extremely hyped and extremely proficient. But I don't really think they're invested too much in the narrative from what I understand.
1: I don't think we're going to get a GTA 6 anytime soon. I thought this was probably going to be the closest thing we could to it. But GTA 6 will be a completely different story. I think it'll take place in Vice City. That's just my speculation. But GTA 5 DLC for the main story, I believe that that will take place after the game and depending on the ending, since there's three different ones. I don't know how they're going to do that, whether they're going to incorporate it all, you know, the DLC is going to be based on ending A, B or C, or they might just do like plot a plot twist to merge all the endings into one to streamline the DLC. But I believe due, due to GTA Online success, we're not going to see uh, GTA 6 anytime soon.
0: Okay. So you think that you're just going to keep peddling that little money meal that is the GTA Online? Is that correct?
1: Yes, I believe they're going to do that. They did say <laughs> that they're going to come up with a brand new standalone version of GTA Online. And that it's going to be available for free, so I don't think they're moving away from that anytime soon.
0: Well, can I say one thing though? If GTA 6 becomes Vice City, I would buy that in instant because I, I think we can all agree that Vice City had the best soundtrack.
1: Yes, it certainly did. And something else that we're hoping that will have a good soundtrack based on uh, Marvel's Into the Spider-Verse is Marvel's Spider-Man Miles Morales. We got to see Miles Morales in action for the first time as Spider-Man. We will see the familiar game world setting from New York from the first game with improved graphics and an enhanced engine. There was really a lot of confusion about this game. Uh, Afterwards, it came out that apparently this was going to be DLC attached to it. It wasn't a standalone game. But at this point, it's been confirmed that it's going to be a completely new game and it's going to build from the story on the first game. So the best example that I could find of this is the game could be compared to Uncharted The Lost Legacy, which was a 2017 spin-off from the main line series entry Uncharted 4 at Thief's End, which shared similar gameplay elements, graphics and technology as the previous title, but it was a smaller, shorter experience than a traditional Uncharted game.
0: Yeah, I think I've had that sort of experience. I know that I'm sort of going off on one because I'm actually a massive Xbox fan. But I kinda had a similar experience with Assassin's Creed. Um I'm have you are you aware of what game I'm gonna say here? No. Assassin's Creed Revolutions. So it's a direct sequel of Assassin's Creed Brotherhood, which was a massively successful release. It was kinda like a DLC in that it bridged Brotherhood and Three, which we will never talk about. It had the same similar mechanics, it was Ezio much older. I'm not trying to digress here but it was just that it filled that plot hole before it moved on to something else. It was a really good game standalone but it was relatively short.
1: I believe that this game is going to be shorter than the mainline Spider-Man game. It's good that we're not getting a rehash. It's good that we're not getting the exact same game with the DLC put out so it's going to use similar mechanics. It's going to be improved so uh, Peter Parker is going to be replaced with Miles and it's going to follow on from that story i hope that it doesn't follow the story that was put at the end of spider man that was teased for spider man 2 i hope that miles is able to have his own story and battle his own villains and it's not just you know um peter there it'd be interesting to see i'm I'm very excited what do you think about it
0: yeah i'm really looking forward to i'm extremely excited because when i first saw it come up on the television i was thinking This is the entry into the Spider-Verse. This is us breaking the mould and moving away from that Peter Parker archetype. And we're starting to see the likes of Spider-Gwen, Miles Morales, I think Spider-Man 3022. You can uh, fact check me on that later. But I just think it'll just bring it in a whole different direction. Even if it's short, it'll start to introduce a sort of mainstream Marvel audience who are usually sort of familiar with the different archetypes in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And invite more comic elements to it. So I just think it'll be really interesting that they'll be able to bring different storylines into it and I hope it takes a bit of an artistic approach as well as different music because inter verse was brilliant in terms of changing that formula and I really think that this will be that introduction into it. Plus, the first game was really, really successful in terms of the mechanics of it and if it's not broken, don't fix it. So keep the mechanics and change it up. I think it'll be really good. I think it's kind of interesting though because... If you remember in the comic book series, when Miles Morales started to come into the Spider-Verse, it was actually after Peter Parker passed away. So are we going to see our gaming Peter Parker die? What do you think?
1: No, I don't think that um, he will die, unfortunately. Uh, they set stuff up for Spider-Man 2. So that includes Peter Parker. So yeah, they, they definitely will not be killing him off anytime soon. So there's going to be two Spider-Men. So we'll see where it goes.
0: Spider-Man. Love it. I'm going to get that on a t-shirt.
1: Insomniac Games aren't just working on Marvel's Spider-Man Miles Morales for the PS5. It's also bringing a new entry into its beloved platforming franchise to the next-gen console. This is Ratchet & Clank, Rift Apart. Having last appeared in the gorgeous remake of the PS2 original back in 2016, Ratchet & Clank have remained quiet for a number of years now. That all changes with Rift Apart, a new adventure built from the ground up for the PlayStation 5. So Rift Apart sees the The duo run from a robotic army. Rifts could be seen throughout the environment in the real trailer. And at one point, Ratchet and Clank enter from a jungle and emerge into a futuristic cyberpunk city before another rift opens and drops them on top of a flying dinosaur in the prehistoric canyon. So we're going to see new dimensions and new adventures, which means that we're going to see a new character as well, a female Ratchet. I don't know the actual name of Ratchet's species, so that's why I'm just calling it Female Ratchet.
0: (laughs) Female Ratchet. Oh my god, she has a name. We just don't know it yet. All right, part of the women, part of the Ratchets. I think they're a rat.
1: <laughs> yeah. What do you think about this?
0: I'm really excited for the new game. Um, I'm a massive fan of Ratchet and Clank from the initial release in the PS2 in 2002, and I know that they had a release in 2016, um, and I a lot of fans thought, oh, that will be the kickstart to reboot the franchise. So it was unexpected that coming to the PS5, they thought, you know what? let's take this in a different direction let's bring back the nostalgia but with a whole different angle and I'm really really excited by the mechanics I don't know if you would agree but on a lot of releases as we all start to discuss them there's a lot of aspects about dimensional jumps and rifting into different levels and different uh, worlds but I think that's really interesting and there's also a new character we haven't had that name introduced that might be the one of many new characters that have come into this that aren't just Ratchet and Clank And I think you should go and play in the PS2 because then you'll understand why I'm so excited.
1: I think I'm going to get the remake for the PS4. I know that's been out since 2016, but I think after seeing this gameplay reveal... I'm definitely gonna go out and get it. And one of the things that makes this trailer stand out from the rest is we actually got to see gameplay. This is the first game that we got to see the mechanics of it. we got to see the environment, we got to see Ratchet um fighting there, and the way that it seamlessly transitioned from uh action scene in the cutscene was Brilliant! I was very, very happy about that, and this really gets me excited for this game. It gets me excited for the PS Five, and it's making me want to purchase it. And so, hopefully, this will be available at launch. And I do believe that I think this game—I'm not too sure if it's going to be exclusive. I think it will be, but it's definitely one of those games that that has hooked me in and got me so excited.
0: I completely agree. And one thing to note is this will probably be the first game where Ratchet and Clank have been separated. So that's an interesting dynamic.
1: We'll have to see how that goes. But I'm going to take it back in history here for our next game. So several years ago, a few GIFs were released about a game concept called HK Project, where you play as a cat in a strange city. So those GIFs got a lot of attention, but no one really knew what they were. It turns out that these GIFs were from the upcoming PS5 game, Stray. Made by Anna Perna Interactive, Stray is set in a post-human world where cats have survived and you happen to play as one. The trailer showed off an adorable feline in the rusted clanking world of robots. And I know this was a game that you absolutely love, Nicole.
0: Yes, I am so excited. This is the one game that I really want to buy as soon as it's released. I want to buy the PS5. I'm a massive sucker for three things. Cute things, neon-lit mysterious cities that look like Tokyo and mystery games. And I think this is going to be really interesting. Also, there's a massive absence of humans. So it's kind of got an apocalyptic feel. Uh, there's a lot of robots. So it's kind of like a little micro city. And I think it'll be really interesting how they tease that out. Like give control to the player to sort of explore. I'm pretty sure there's an interesting companion. you, you, be, you befriend a or something called B12. So it's kind of like a wee bit of Ratchet and Clankness there, a wee bit, with the companions.
1: That's very interesting. I didn't realise that there was going to be a companion drone in it. I'm wondering if you're going to be able to customise your cat, but I suppose that's a a conversation for another day. The short teaser that was released highlights the tone and feel of the game, which includes the mysterious city and weird robots that dwell there. So in the future, the developers have promised more gameplay, like exploration and puzzle solving, as well as fast-paced action sequences. And I don't think this game is going to be exclusive to the PS5. I do believe that's coming out in Steam. I'm not too sure if it'll come out on other platforms as well.
0: Okay, well, I don't need to buy the PS5 anymore because that's the only game I (laughs) wanted. Hello, Steam.
1: I feel like this game will be perfect for the Nintendo Switch, but I feel like on the PS5, it will be a a nice experience to play for.
0: As we have explored the City of Robots, we move into Kenna, the Bridge of Spirits. Developed by Ember Labs, this game has you explore a lush, vibrant world filled with ancient ruins and villages that seem inspired by films from Studio Jubilee. In addition to your magical powers and bow, you'll also fight with the aid of a woodland spirit who will be at your side in your adventure. I know that this is one of the games that you're really looking forward to, Carl.
1: I really fell in love with this gameplay and trailer. It's the whole exploration part of it that really got to me. And also the vibrant colours on the PS5, it really just stood out. It's, uh, I just, I love every part of it.
0: Do you know what kind of mechanics that they're using while you explore around the world?
1: I'm not too sure about the mechanics. I know that you're going to have the likes of the bow and arrow, you're going to have the staff. So it's going to be a bit like Horizon Zero Dawn, except you're not going to be fighting massive giant robots. You're going to be fighting these wee small wooden creatures. But it's just the animation style I really, really love. It's The team, Ember Lab, they're very small and this is their first game. They mainly have a background in film and animation. But before transitioning into the game development, they were a studio specialising in character development for animated commercials. And they actually created the fan film Majora's Mask, A Terrible Fate, which got very, very popular online not too long ago.
0: That kind of explains why the animation style really up there and, and it's up to par with a lot of big industries i was surprised how well that looked
1: really did look amazing so that combined with the story driven action which is set in the charming world and rich exploration and the fast paced combat is going to be a game winner
0: i also think can we just talk about the little suit sprite like creatures i think they're called rots they're so adorable (laughs) (laughs) i know they remind me of studio ghibli they also kind of look like the trolls in frozen but we'll not go there
1: Yeah let's not go there. It's going to be a great game and I don't know if it's going to be released across other consoles as well. I hope it is because this studio deserves a lot of success and this was one of the games that really really got me excited for the PS5. This is definitely up there with one of my top picks.
0: Ghostwire Tokyo is a spooky new action adventure from the creators of The Evil Within. In the announcement trailer People are shown to disappear like they've been raptured. There are several kinds of creepy spirits, some even looking like they're actively disappearing, frightened citizens. Ghost War Tokyo is a new game from Shinji Makama, and it's got a big show on at Sony's PS5 real-avail event, as we just seen. The 19 trailer showed some story sequences, as well as a good bit of first-person gameplay, such as fighting off spirits with a combination of melee and magic. The gameplay portion showed otherworldly demonic creatures occupying Tokyo, and they were disguised as salarymen. Scariest you can find. <laughs> the hero can apparently see these threats, and a narrator explains that you're willing to fight when others aren't. As creative director, Kumiko Nakamura promised it would be spooky, and spooky it definitely is. From my understanding, there will be hostile as well as friendly spirits, so it'll be enticing to find out which is which. What are your thoughts on it?
1: It's not really my cup of tea, but I can appreciate it for what it is. From my understanding, Tokyo has become under siege, overwhelmed by paranormal threats, which are beyond our understanding. And then a devastating event occurs, which causes 99% of the population to disappear. And you're the one that has to go out there and find why everybody's gone. The mix of magic and melee, it looks interesting, but I'm not that interested in it. But I can appreciate that style of gameplay.
0: I think it'll be really interesting, but I just love anything that's remotely Japanese. I'm a big weeb at heart. I'm also not a massive fan when it comes to spooky games. But I do love a good jump scare. I don't know. It just gets the adrenaline pumping. I'm a bit of a sucker for it. Does anyone remember the Resident Evil dogs that used to jump out the window? I hated it, but I loved it. Anyway, getting back to it. I think it can be kind of promising as a hack and slash. But there's a sort of spiritual twist in it. So the storytelling might be a wee bit better than what we've seen in the trailer. Because the gameplay was lackluster, if I must say.
1: I think you can get... Th- the game and i'll sit and watch as you explore the beautiful city it kind of blends the ultra modern cityscapes and stunning ancient shrines as you kind of purge the darkness from your home
0: <laughs> whoa did you get that from google
1: yeah yeah, I, I got it from a, a blurb
0: a blurb yeah that's going to appear out of my travel blog not my cup of tea <laughs>
1: not my cup of tea <laughs> but it's not a bad game you can go and you can see the sights. however you can't melee attack ghosts.
0: i think i'll ju- i think i'll just stick to the yakuza what do you think
1: yeah i think we'll stick to the yakuza but i think i will watch some gameplay whenever it comes out it's definitely a beautiful beautiful game but i don't know if it's my cup of tea
0: well as spooky as it was let's get to the stealthy hitman 3 which I'm so excited for. I love Hitman games. They're always fully fleshed and really interesting in terms of where they take you. So Hitman 3, let's bring it to its dramatic conclusion. It's the world of the Assassin trilogy and it'll put you back into the shoes and the stylish suit of Agent 47, a ruthless professional assassin who must take on the most important contracts of his career. The stakes are high and when all is said and done, Agent 47 and the world around him will never be the same again. That is is how you read a blurb. (laughs) Yeah, well, I'm the
1: one that wrote it, so that's why you read it so well.
0: Oh, man. Gotta steal my thunder. I'm really excited for Hitman 3. Beyond the trailer, do you know much about it?
1: So, as far as I'm aware, there was a story in the first Hitman. So, the way they... Did first Hitman was perfect because they released the first level, people got to play it, they listened to fans, they listened to feedback, and then they were able to progress the story across a number of months as they worked and, and made it. But in Hitman 2, they released it all at once, they kind of stood back from their format. So I haven't really played Hitman 2 yet, but I know there was still an overarching story there. And this is the conclusion, this is going to be the last Hitman game, and they've really turned this up to 11 So Hitman Free will take you around the world in an exotic and luxurious locations that are packed with creative opportunities. Your ultimate goal is to explore these crafted locations and figure out exactly how you want to eliminate your targets. So you'll have the complete freedom to take disguises, create accidents, as they say, interact with other characters and blend into the crowd to watch your master plan unfold. It's going to be interesting, it's going to follow the format of the second game, it's not going to be episodic, and all six locations are going to be available from launch day, the first one of these being Dubai, and with Hitman 2 you could import all your levels from previous game, so you can import that into Hitman 3 now as well, so the new progression systems will work across all three as well, so you're going to have essentially Hitman 1, Hitman 2, all imported into Hitman 3, so all your progress goes over.
0: You were saying that there was going to be a, a lot more locations, and I know you talked about the episodic. So how are they going to segue around the globe? Is it going to be one long running sort of movie scene story arc that sort of way? Kind of like you jump on the plane, or you you know what I mean? Is there going to be a lot of segues, or just or is it going to be back to that? You're in this level, and you're in this level, and you're in this level.
1: I think it's going to be you're on this level, you're on this level, you're on this level and you can play it as many times as you want until you unlock the next one. So say for example if you complete a prerequisite so you have to kill this person like x amount of times normally it's once before you unlock the next location but people want to go back and do challenges so there'll be okay kill this person disguised as this man kill somebody with a briefcase uh, make it look like an accident. But the Dubai setting in the very first episode looked incredible. The way you were able to climb up and scale. Even the graphics look great. It's the fact that the PS5 enhances this gameplay. And it means comparing it from Hitman 1 where you're on the boat to Hitman 3 where you're now in Dubai. There's some difference.
0: Well, I'm very excited for it. I think I'm going to buy it as soon as it's released. And you can watch me play that game too.
1: (laughs) I will indeed. One of the games that I'm interested in getting is Little Devil Inside. This game is billed as an open world RPG where you play as a young boy traveling around various locations and battle a variety of monsters. It has elements of Bloodborne's slow, methodical combat, a Monster Hunter world's enemy design and scale. It's a very interesting game and the trailer really got me. The fact there was contrast between the small guy going out in the world to collect these monsters and hunt them and then the old guy at home kind of, you know, just relaxing going down to the shop. It was the contrast in the in the trailer that really sold me along with the open world RPG. What did you think of the game?
0: I think from what you just said, you kind of thought it really charming. I'm sort of wondering what the title means it's kind of mischievous and i can understand that because there's a, like a sort of adventure game element to it and there's also an exploration type it's kind of dinky and a wee bit fun looking i don't know i could almost compare it to like zelda does that sound silly
1: no i understand where you're coming from there it does look a bit like zelda with you know run about it's a bit like a uh, wind waker that kind of style except yeah. a lot darker
0: And there's giant monsters and glowing swords, and it's kind of got that fantasy element of it. It's a wee bit cuckoo, but also kind of fun and charming.
1: Yeah, it is very fun and charming, and surprising that this is coming about now, considering that the game was successfully funded on Kickstarter to the tune of approximately uh, under a quarter of a million dollars. It was originally expected to arrive in December 2015, but was pushed back as 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 it grew larger initially it was announced for the pc the ps4 the wii u and the xbox one but little devil inside will now make its way onto the playstation 5 no release date has been given yet but it does look promising
0: yeah that's kind of interesting i think it was 2015 2016 would one even say that it could have been potentially have been released on the decrepit wii u cough, cough. yeah if-
1: I think they're going to move that now to the Nintendo Switch instead. It will come out across all consoles, hopefully, but we're just going to have to wait and see. I believe this will most likely come out next year since no release date has been given. The next game we're going to look at is a game called Deathloop. Deathloop is about rival assassins locked in a time loop, and the trailer gives us a better sense of Deathloop's gameplay than we've had in the past. The game looks like Dishonored, where you're trying to stay alive on the island of Black Reef while everyone's out to kill you. Every time you're killed, you restart the time loop and it sounds like your goal is to take down these eight assassination targets before midnight without being killed in order to break free. Stealth looks like it's a big component of gameplay, allowing you to kill enemies silently with suppressed weapons or with close-up lethal takedowns. There is some similar mechanics from Dishonored, but that's to be expected since the ones making this game did also make that.
0: Can I just say, I think this game looks artistically very promising it's beautifully made and it's very different i think in terms of the sort of structure of the game there's a lot of questions that i want answers to i understand they're sort of taking that alternative take almost like groundhog day someone might say or if you're an anime fan the endless eight um and i kind of think once you sort of kill the eight assassins before midnight is that possible is that something to achieve or do they sort of segment those assassinations throughout the story and there's developments in between it that's the thing that excites me most about it and it kind of looks like it's going to be full of a lot of character in terms of the voice actors and the terms of the cast so i think it'll be really really interesting i just interested to see where it will go but if it kind of does that mindless repeat 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 with the loop I think I I would put my my controller down at that point and I would go a wee bit insane.
1: It sounds like it definitely will frustrate you at some points, but maybe that's the whole part of it. I said, you're going to sit there and you're going to learn gameplay elements. It's kind of a bit like trying to learn a speed run. You know, you go, you get there a certain bit, you mess up, but it's okay. You go back, you practice, 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 and you perfect the game. So I'm very excited to see in the future what speed runs of this game are going to be like. I know that a few people are looking at it now going, yes, this is definitely one where I'm going to try and set the record first for the quickest completion.
0: It sounds like it's going to be Rage Quit City to me. But I also think the combat systems are going to be interesting. Like I know there's going to be a lot of snipers, a lot of uh, hand-to-hand combat and explosions, but I think there's some powers and telekinesis I saw in the cinematic trailer. I hope that they really sort of push that boundary forward because obviously we're dealing with time travel here. So I, I think in terms of the methodology of the game, it shows a lot of promise.
1: It definitely does. And it appears that you'll spend Deathloop being chased by this character called Julia Blake the protector of Black Reef and the assassin hell-bent on preventing you from taking out these targets. And at the end of the trailer, it shows players will get the opportunity to take on Blake's role in the fighting and you will have the option to actually enter other players' games as this character. So there's kind of like a multiplayer element to it.
0: Yeah, it's kind of like cowboys and time travel. the only way I can really explain that mind-bending game. And now, the game you've all been waiting for, in my personal opinion, Resident Evil Village. Capcom quelled Resident Evil rumours by announcing a brand new entry into the storied franchise called Resident Evil Village. It's heading to PlayStation 5 in 2021. The game is set in, you guessed it, Village. We also saw several other locations, including a forest, a castle, and some nearby dilapidated houses with werewolves, which is a bit strange. It's confirmed that Resident Evil 7 protagonist Ethan is back, alongside the game's first-person perspective. It's Resident Evil 8 official title, Be Damned. According to a developer message from Capcom, there is a symbolic effigy that shows so much that the developer debated whether or not to actually put it in the trailer. Do you know what I'm talking about, Carl? It's the uh, wee, small, demented-looking baby that was on an effigy. Yeah. Yeah, it was a bit gross. (laughs) However, at this point, it's hard to really read anything from it. There's sticks, bird wings, and some sort of parasite. The creature in the middle isn't really a clear match for anything in the Resi universe, but it does resemble a G-Embro, so I think all Resi fans should really read into the symbols that are featured in the trailer because there are some clear giveaways. At this point, we've already had the original Resident Evil Chris, the melon armed Giganto Chris of Resident Evil 5, Resident Evil 6's big but not huge combat Chris, and Resident Evil 7's normal Chris version 2.0. He's never appeared the same from game to game, so why start now with Village introducing a stockier, gruff version of the character? He's apparently evil now. Um, I, saw, I think you saw him kill Ethan's already shot wife with a frankly excessive Firehouse bullets to the face. That was really dark.
1: Yeah it doesn't look like he's going to be playing the hero anytime soon in this game.
0: That is probably the biggest understatement of the century. What's your thoughts on this game? Are you a massive Resi fan Carl?
1: I'm very excited for this game. I'm not really that much of a Resi fan but I did enjoy Resident Evil 7. I never played it but I watched a lot of gameplay on it and it looked very interesting so I'm hoping that Resident Evil 8 eventually gets imported into virtual reality but. I'm excited to see Ethan's character come back. It really shows that they've heard a lot about him and they want to develop him from th- this game to the next. I know
0: a lot of Resi fans are extremely excited for this game and one of the reasons is many have compared it to Resident Evil 4. It's a throwback into nostalgia. Resident Evil 4 came out in the GameCube and it was probably one of the best-selling games in GameCube. I'm not a massive fan when it comes to zombie games, and I have Zelda to blame for that. It scarred me for life. But I think this is going to take a really interesting turn. It's going to be extremely dark, more so than it's ever been. And I think we're going to see a really interesting side to Chris.
1: And finally, the last game that was shown was Horizon Forbidden West. The sequel to Horizon Zero Dawn Forbidden West was finally shown during the show, with protagonist Aloy narrating a trailer that featured impressive environments. A plague appears to be causing local wildlife to die off and she must race to discover what is causing it before it's too late. She will be able to explore underwater and discover secrets beneath the surface. Horizon Forbidden West introduces even more robots, both violent and otherwise, and new items like the scuba breva which lets Eli take to the depths of the ocean where underwater cities lie dormant. Guerrilla games have definitely upped the ante when it comes to building on the gorgeous setting of Horizon Zero Dawn. We're talking about icy cliffs, lush jungles, deep waters, rocky deserts, and abandoned towns swirling with futuristic holograms. It's going to be very interesting to see what this game is like in a post-Breath of the Wild world. What do you think about this game, Nicole?
0: I'm personally really excited for the sequel because whenever we started the initial Horizon Zero Dawn franchise... She was coming of age, she was about 18 to 19 years old, she was sheltered from the world, and then she was released to go out and explore it. I know you're currently still playing the game at the moment, so you have a lot to look forward to, especially when the sequel's coming up. But from what I'm aware, she is 26 years old now, so she's had a few years under her belt, she's got a wee bit wiser, and I think that sort of comes with experiencing the second game she starts to mature the way that she explores the world and is able to immerse herself but obviously there's no threat this game that's threatening their way of life and I haven't played too much of the series myself but from what I understand this could potentially turn into a trilogy. Do you think that the second game is going to have the same potential as the first? Because obviously that's our invitation into the world do you think that by adding those sort of different gaming mechanics exploring underwater and like that, do you think it's going to be an extension of what was successful or a completely different game in itself?
1: Yeah, so one of the things that we kind of talked about is we're not really diving back in the previous games, such as we talked about with Spider-Man, because we don't want to spoil it for anybody who's experiencing these games for the first time. But like I said, I haven't really finished Horizon Zero Dawn yet, so I haven't done like a high level review into this, but From what I played of the first game, they definitely are going to take what has worked and improved upon that. So people enjoyed the exploration, for example, and now they're going to be able to explore underwater cities. They wanted to explore more vast areas, so they're going to be able to explore lush jungles and they're going to be able to see and attack more robots. I think that's one of the things that they really wanted to see. That's what players want to see was a more variety of these machines and it looks like we're definitely going to get them. They're bigger, they're bolder, and they're a lot scarier than they were in the first game.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I completely don't understand what you're saying. Even whenever I was like backseat gaming and watching you play the first game, there was like herds of robots. There was a lot of like foot soldiers as some might put it. But from the trailer, there seems to be more malevolent creatures that are heavies, like almost like bigger bosses. I don't know if that's a dangerous thing to say at this point. And I also know that there's gonna be new tribes, which is gone part and part natural in the progression of exploring the world. You're gonna meet new people. I but one thing, this is quite nerdy of me, that I'm really looking forward to, is when you played the first game, there was dystopian sort of shadows of what the world used to previously be. You know the the you know what I'm talking about your gadget lets you see like a sort of like hologram of a previous structure. And I noticed in the trailers, there was actually a little throwback to the Golden Gate Bridge whenever Eloy was running across the bridge on her steed. And I thought that was really cool. So I would like to see more of that because I'm a big history nerd and I like the throwbacks to the human world before the robots started roaming.
1: Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how they move from Denver to San Francisco. And I'm really looking forward to it and this game is definitely on my top 5 list. The PlayStation 5 event wouldn't have been complete without the big reveal. To that end, Sony showed off the physical hardware for its next-gen console for the first time, giving us a clear image of what the PS5 actually looks like. Like the DualSense controller, the PS5 breaks away from the all-black colour scheme that has defined it since the PlayStation 3 in favour of a two-tone black and white design. It's also a notable divergence from the blocky PS4 with a wavier outer shell that initially made fans question whether or not it was possible to position the console horizontally, but the good news is yes, the PS5 can't be laid out flat. As for the PS5 itself, Sony revealed that much like the Xbox One S, it'll be available in two variants, one with a disk drive and one without. The discless model, called the PS5 Digital Edition, is noticeably slimmer, although it still bears the same form factor. However, while we finally got to see the actual system, the PS5's price and release date were not announced, but that will come later on as the company has stated. We also got a quick look at some of the PS5 accessories, including the charging dock for the DualSense controller, HD camera, Pulse 3D wireless headset and a media remote. The PS5 DualSense controller, which was revealed earlier this year, features haptics and adaptive triggers, allowing developers to adjust trigger tension and give more precise feedback than the classic rumble tech. It will also retain the light bar from the DualShock 4 controller, though its placement on the controller has been tweaked. Nicole, what are your thoughts on the PS5 as a whole?
0: Okay, I'm going to say this. I said this before it became a meme, but I think that the PS5 looks unreal, but it's basically like the Xbox and my modem reader downstairs had a love child. It is an extraordinary thing to look up, totally drastically different to what we're used to as you said we haven't had anything that's remarkably white for fear that it would disturb our neighbors in xbox but it's a very interesting model and i didn't expect there to be two different editions i only hope that its capacity for storage is just as impressive as its processing capability I know a lot of people have had issues with that in the past and hopefully the PS5 will be able to run just as efficiently as it promotes itself. I know I'm certainly excited for the PS5, but I'm also excited to see what its competitor Xbox will come with. I'm an Xbox game girl at heart. So you've wilded me PS5. But let's see what comes next.
1: I'm going to say something controversial here. I really like the modem design.
0: No, I love it. I completely do. It just reminds me of the Wii a little. Did not expect it.
1: It doesn't, I wouldn't compare it to the Wii. That's just my personal preference. I think it looks a lot cooler than the Wii. <laughs> One of the really interesting details is on the controller, on the DualSense controller, you can actually see it's got wee small axes and triangles and circles and squares like on the actual controller. So whenever you run your finger across it, you'll be able to feel them. I saw a picture from it, I think it was released a day or two ago.
0: That's pretty cool. I never noticed that. I'd probably need to get my microscope the next time I look at it.
1: You can really see the love that has went into this console. It's going to be very different. But I'm just worried about the hardware. That's the the only real issue. I do believe from reading up on the specs, I don't have them up here in front of me. But I think that Xbox slightly comes ahead. Uh, just ever so slightly. But apart from that, they are like more or less on the same spec.
0: you think that's because Microsoft has a bit more experience in that area as opposed to Sony?
1: It could be. I'm not too sure. I know Sony have made tablets in that before. But... I wish them all the best. And I do believe that this event overall was a lot better than Xbox's one not too long ago.
0: That was just an exclusive event. Hopefully, whenever we have the mini fridge that will be the new Xbox, we will be blown away because the competition is what makes us so interesting between the two of them.
1: And speaking of competition, we have a lot of great games that were revealed during this presentation. So do you want to give us our top five?
0: Yeah, my top five, Stray. Hitman 3, Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart, I think I'll be one of my personal favourites, Spider-Man Miles Morales, and Horizon Forbidden West, as well as Pragmata, actually, I think it looks really interesting.
1: My top five are, Little Devil Inside, Marvel's Spider-Man Miles Morales, Stray, Kenna Bridges of Spirits, and Horizon Forbidden West. PlayStation have really put on a show with this reveal. With a wide selection of games, Sony have certainly made sure that the future of gaming looks bright. Now we're going to move into our Game of the Week Showdown. Hello and welcome to the Game of the Week Showdown. The rules of the showdown are simple. Both players pick a game they support to fit the bill for a civic theme for this week. Both will then battle against one another in an animated debate to see which game comes out on top. The three categories to focus on are plot, mechanics, unique appeal. The winner picks the theme for the week and takes home the championship title for that week. Games used once may never be used again in upcoming showdowns. This week's theme, licensed games for PlayStation 1. This really is an all PlayStation episode that we're giving you, today, isn't it?
0: Oh yes, from PlayStation One to PlayStation Five, it's the whole
1: trip. What did you choose this week?
0: I picked Scooby Doo and the Cyber Chase, one of my all-time favorite games as a kid.
1: Yeah, I have went for also one of my favorite games as a kid, which was Bugs Bunny Lost in Time. So these are two franchises. Yours is from Scooby Doo, obviously, and mine's from Looney Tunes. So I will let you. Give us the plot for Scooby Doo and the Cyber Chase.
0: So, the plot for Scooby Doo and the Cyber Chase is that Scooby Doo and the gang must find themselves in cyberspace. A new villain called the Phantom Virus must be stopped, and it is the job of Scooby and Shaggy to go through the various levels to defeat him and his evil villains. So, this goes side by side with the movie that was released in 2001, and it's composed of seven levels that sort of give you a window look into different periods of history. So, there's the classic Japan. Ancient Rome, the Arctic Circle, Prehistoric Jungle, there's the big city, Egypt and the amusement park and I think it's really interesting in terms of the way that they jump in and out of it but that's more for the mechanics. Over to you Carl.
1: Ours seems very similar in the way that we're able to travel but I suppose that's kind of more for mechanics Yeah. So, Bugs Bunny lost in time. The game starts with the cartoon character Bugs Bunny, who finds and activates a time machine, but he mistakes it for a carrot juice dispenser. After taking a wrong turn at Albuquerque, intending to go to Pismo Beach, so he ends up in Nowhere, home of the sorcerer named Merlin Monroe. He <laughs> calls him Merle. Merlin then informs Bugs that he is lost in time and that he must travel through five different eras of time in order to collect clock symbols and golden carrots that will allow him to return to the present. A number of Bugs Bunny rivals also make cameos in the game.
0: Is it fair to say that a lot of licensed games that were in the early PlayStation 1 with the THQ days, they really loved their tokens? You know the way you have your your... Your clocks, and then there's the Scooby tags. They just like to have that sort of icon. A lot of collectibles. Yeah, there's a lot of collectibles in it, which is really interesting. Geez, this one was very close to the bone wee bit we had it, sort of went the same level here didn't we
1: yeah we did um it's, it's very funny but I think I will give you the plot just because um yours was an actual movie that was made into a game so actually taking that premise on the plot I feel like it starts very very strong compared to you know Bugs Bunny who's literally going to the beach and mistakes a time machine for a character's dispenser typical
0: yeah, I do that all the time. The Merlin Monroe one cracked me up though. To be fair,
1: yeah, and I just remember i going Merlin
0: Merl. all the time.
1: <laughs> yeah, that was a no, was a good, um, a good tutorial level.
0: So in terms of Scooby Doo and the Cyber Chase, I think it's an okay platformer. I don't know if you agree, but it's incredibly frustrating. Sometimes you over jump and sometimes you under jump, and it's just really hard to read it. I'm not trying to kill my own vibes here. But it's a challenging platformer. It's not that easy, which is commendable to a certain extent. And some people have even compared it to the highly reminiscent PlayStation platformer Crash Bandicoot. You can make those comparisons alone. But Crash Bandicoot's is a really successful franchise. Not sort of saying that we're riding on the tailcoats of Bandicoot. But if it's sort of on those lines, it's a winning formula to a certain extent. And to conclude, I think Scooby Doo and the Cyber Chase is just a really fun game. It's got a lot of character. The music could be worked on. The voice acting is superb. Um, yeah, and no, I think it's a good game all around.
1: One of the things I'll say about my the difference between my game and your game because I have played Scooby Doo and Cyber Chase is that yours is yeah very much like Crash Bandicoot where you have to move forward in one direction. You know, you can't really go left or right, and the only real Thing you can do is kind of move around the whole world. I think there are some levels where you will maybe like be going sideways and then end up going straight. But I don't really think that there's a an element of being able to turn around three D like it's been designed. So. Bugs Bunny Lost in Time is like that. It isn't made in 3D. It's got uh, no really restrictive gameplays in it. But the object of the game is to collect the time clocks to progress through different time areas via the time machine. So nowhere is the tutorial level where Bugs Bunny l- learn all the basic moves that he needs to progress in the game. Bugs can kick, jump, pick up items, roll, jump into rabbit holes to then move on the ground, tiptoe to avoid alerting enemies, climb ropes, uses rabbit ears to propel slowly to descend to the ground from high places. Bugs can also move some objects to get certain places. So you're getting a lot from bugs um, in the starting and it's, yeah, it's interesting.
0: Okay I'm going to give you mechanics you just like reamed off about 12 different things that Box Bunny can do and all Scooby Doo can do is go row row jump and throw a pie at a really angry samurai.
1: <laughs> yeah like I wasn't even finished that I was going to say that the main mechanic is time travel where you can go to five different hours spanning across 21 different levels so I think oh, I kind of beat you there in terms I of I think levels. you did yeah.
0: but don't knock Scooby down you did try.
1: Yeah, he did, but I'll go into the unique appeal for my game, because I understand that this game was mainly focused on a younger audience, but Looney Tunes is really for everybody. Uh, This is a Looney Tunes game, it's a Looney Tune adventure. So right from the soundtrack to the locations, this game puts you at the heart of this funny and adventurous tale. It's got all the cameos, it's got all the characters, and it's not easy, it's not, some of these parts of these game are very hard but i feel like this captures what exactly the show is and portrays it in the game perfectly
0: so what would be this unique selling point in terms of obviously it's true to looney tunes anyone can play it you said even michael jordan like be like mike you know what i mean but what what is it that makes it any different to any other game that you play
1: the main appeal that i would say is that it's like you're playing through a looney tunes cartoon
0: in terms of its unique appeal, I think Scooby-Doo Cyber Chase is fascinating. There's a lot of different platformers out there and some might say that Crash Bandicoot is probably the closest related to it, but I would disagree. I think that playing a video game within a video game and being able to jump into these different simulated stages is really interesting and a lot of the producers had produced animation and music that really complemented it. It had that unique Scooby flavour and whenever we talk unique, unique appeal in licensed games, I think. Being an authentic product of what we know and understand is the best way to about it. So Scooby-Doo, where are you? Hopefully you're winning this round.
1: Those mm, it win this round though? You, you kind of said it about being like a, a Crash Bandicoot uh, rip-off.
0: There has been mixed reviews, I'll give you that. I personally really enjoyed the game and there was a lot of um, criticism but there was also a lot of recognition with the platinum sales award from playstation so it didn't do too bad in terms of sales maybe it could have been a wee bit more original in terms of its platform and content but i think the characters of it were really fun and it made it quirky
1: yeah i really feel like with scooby-doo and the cyber chase the way it translated from the movie to the actual game was very well done so like with Looney Tunes, there's a completely brand new storyline there. You know, it's in, it's never been done before. I think Looney
0: Tunes won this one. Do you think so? Yeah, I'm not being generous, but... <laughs> I'm trying not to be generous. But I genuinely think whenever you were talking about the different sort of formats, the way it had a sort of original plot, that's different to me just copying the DVD. And also, I can't forgive Scooby Doo Cyber Chase, PlayStation One game, whereby they were talking and their mice would keep moving. It was really disturbing for me.
1: Yeah, and then whenever you ended up, um, I think getting beaten in the game, or like if you, you always got stuck at the second level, you'd have to go all the way back to the start. Yeah, tunes isn't that uh, that that bad. So yeah, it is it is tough in that regards, but. I feel that Scooby-Doo and the Cyber Chase. I know even though Looney Tunes is one, but I just want to give Scooby-Doo its its props for being able to design a game based on a movie that is well done. You know, it's very, very hard in this day and age now to to do something like that. So back in the day, it's very, very impressive and I will give it its props for that. But yeah, Looney Tunes is definitely taken this one. Yeah. Thank you, Bugs Bunny.
0: Two 2-1. 2-1, <laughs> I'll catch up.
1: So yeah, next week it's going to be Your favourite racing game. Like what you hear so far? Make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button now. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you very much for all your support. Now back to the show.
0: And now it is the part of the show where we answer your questions. If you have any questions, please send them into Player askplayer2pod at gmail.com. That's askplayer2pod at gmail.com. This one is in from Soph. So going forward, between the toaster, the fridge, and the Wi-Fi router, which household appliance will come out on top?
1: Can you give me what context in relation to games that these household appliances have?
0: Yeah, so the toaster is the Nintendo Switch. The fridge is the Xbox Series X. And the Wi-Fi router is the PS5.
1: Okay, that's an interesting one. Uh, I think I'll say right off the bat that the Nintendo Switch will always be there. So it'll be the Nintendo Switch and either the Xbox Series X or the PS5. What do you think?
0: I think it's going to be the Nintendo Switch, Xbox Series X, and the PS5.
1: Oh, so you think that the PS5 is going to be relegated?
0: I think that it shows a lot of promise but i think we're too early in the game to really say who's going to be the winner at the finish line because i've grown to love a lot more of the nintendo switch after getting my own switch a couple of months ago you know i'm a big xbox gamer but i haven't touched the console in what seems like half a year because some of the games that have been come out are just like continuous franchises so i'm looking for more ip content and i think the ps5 could bring that but i think the xbox series x It's gonna have more processing capability. So if they have the competition, I think the IPs will start to come.
1: We're gonna have to wait and see because Xbox haven't have showed um a few games off. They've revealed the Xbox Series X. And you know it, it looks okay. We haven't really seen much yet. So maybe within the next month we will see it. I know the the event last week, PS5 and PlayStation had a really, really strong showing but I feel that you can have the Nintendo console there. You can pick it up, you can play it. It's such a unique um, premise. Like I said, it's the toaster. You can actually put it in, take it out. (laughs) You know, you can play it in your hand. You can play it in there. But it's the fact that you can play other games on here that are unique to this console. So that's why I think that everybody will end up having a Switch just because, you know, it's a handheld console where you can take it on the go. So I really do believe that, It'll be Nintendo Switch and then one of these other consoles. So the Switch will technically come out ahead. You know
0: what? You've changed (laughs) my mind. I think it's going to be Nintendo Switch, PS5 and Xbox Series X because given what was the last Xbox exclusive, I wasn't overwhelmed. So you changed my mind a little bit there.
1: Okay, yeah. so Nintendo wins as always. (laughs) Nintendo wins the PS5. (laughs) Thank you very much for listening to another episode of Enter Player 2.
0: Make sure to visit us on all our social medias. Links to our Twitter, Facebook, Instagram can be found in the link description. Please be sure to subscribe and you will never miss the show. If you like the show, we would appreciate it if you left a rating and a review. Plug in and join us again at Enter Player 2 We'll see you again next week. Thank you for joining. Bye.
1: Bye.